0: Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. Welcome to the second of a two-part interview with Melissa Hathaway, who headed President Obama's 60-day cybersecurity policy review. In part one, Ms. Hathaway discussed some of the critical challenges facing the government and the private sector to secure key IT systems. To listen to part one, go to the tab More Content Library and click on Podcast. As we continued our chat, I noted that her new job as a senior advisor at Harvard's Belfer Center involves the international aspect of cybersecurity. I asked her how does collaborating internationally benefit the security of America's critical IT systems?
1: Well, there are more than 20 different international bodies that are designing and or voting for the next generation standards for the technology And principal to that is the UN Information Technology, the UNITU, and secondarily to that would be the ICANN Internet Governance Forum or the Internet Engineering Task Force. So one's treaty-based, the International Telecommunications Union of the UN, and the other one's really voluntary-based or sort of grassroots And if you don't participate in those standards-making, then you won't necessarily be able to have your technology sold on the front lines or across all of the different borders. And that's what actually allows us to be interoperable internationally across the standards. A good example of that would be how the Internet actually works with the different root servers and that your email can go anywhere around the world. It's because everybody's generally agreed to the same standard. The second example would be the World Wide Web or USB devices that everybody is designing their computers so that you can stick a USB into the computer and allow for the easy movement of data. There's another set of international bodies that are then talking about policy formulation and policy synchronization as well as behavior in in and on that telecommunications backbone and or the Internet. And that includes military and law enforcement organizations like NATO and the UN, Organization of American States, as well as economic forums like Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, or OECD, which is um, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or Group of Eight. And if you start to think about all of these different international bodies that are determining or working together to try to determine what is a crime in cyberspace or on the Internet and what is an act of war or an act of aggression and how should we all work together internationally to enable and ensure that that global backbone can enable our global economies, respectively, it's very important to work the international sphere The United States can't do it alone, and our private sector can't do it alone. It certainly has to be an international approach to moving everybody's security posture into a better place.
0: Who's the greatest threat to our country? Are they criminals? Are they nation states? Are they terrorists?
1: I think that there is a wide range of people who and or entities that are able to do harm to either our networks or our enterprises and that range from just individual hackers to organized crime to terrorist organizations to nation states. Right now it's a very low bar to entry. Even the distributed denial-of-service attacks that the United States experienced and, and other countries experienced in July were not all that sophisticated, but they definitely wreaked a fair amount of havoc.
0: You worked in the White House. Why do you think we have yet to have a cybersecurity coordinator?
1: The cybersecurity coordinator has got to have a unique set of skills that have both national security background and an economic security background or appreciation of the economics There's not that many people who have that kind of resume and and have the experience within government and within the private sector that's going to be necessary to help really lead both the government and the private sector forward as what's needed for the president.
0: Are we harmed at all by not having one yet?
1: Certainly, if there was a champion and an advocate within the government right now that could be out more aggressively working with the private sector, that that would be helpful to galvanize things. Certainly, we don't have the momentum that we could currently.
0: Well, some would say maybe Department of Homeland Security is doing some of that right now, and Secretary DePolitano and other top aides there in the cybersecurity area seem to be very vocal and seem to be taking the ball and, and moving with cybersecurity as something that the whole nation should be concerned about.
1: Certainly Department of Homeland Security is doing a great job. October was Cybersecurity Awareness Month where they held many forum in and out of the government and in the private sector to raise awareness. Department of Defense is moving forward in the establishment of Cyber Command and there are other parts of the government. Department of Commerce has just elevated and appointed somebody for setting the standards within NIST. And so the government is moving out on a number of different areas. But sometimes you need a coach or the team lead to help get everybody continuing to work toward specific goals. I think that that's something that we need. But in the meantime, everybody's doing their parts, which is good.
0: Senator Susan Collins of Maine, as you know, the ranking Republican on the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, proposed establishing that senior position within Homeland Security although it would be confirmed by the Senate, she said that person would be looking over the federal government's non-military cybersecurity coordination and would also advise the president. Do you think it's a good idea placing that position in Homeland Security?
1: No. I believe that there needs to be leadership out of the White House. There's many reports that have been written that if you establish a lead in one particular agency, that they don't necessarily have the authoritative responsibility over all of the other departments and agencies. While I think it's important to have leadership at the Department of Homeland Security, I think without having the leadership at the White House, you will not be able to really drive the federal government in the direction that it needs to go.
0: Do you think we'll be hearing in the next few weeks or sooner uh, naming of a cybersecurity coordinator?
1: I'm hopeful. I have no idea what the current time frame is for the appointment of the cybersecurity coordinator.
0: Now that you've left government service, what personal involvement will you have in helping develop the nation's cyber defense? Are you in any committees, commissions? Are you advising the administrations, uh, members of Congress formally or informally?
1: I am working personally on trying to move forward on the recommendations that were put forth in the cyberspace policy review. I am participating in the CSIS Commission Phase 2, which is the cybersecurity for the 44th presidency. They're writing a second report. I am writing often about what needs to be done, and I am advising, when asked, the government and or Congress with my opinion on what I think needs to be done.
0: Your consultancy, who are your clients?
1: I'm currently working with the Harvard Kennedy School and Law School and working on a joint project with Harvard and MIT for the Department of Defense. I am actively supporting Nantech International and, and in conversation with a, a number of other Fortune 100 companies. In addition to that, I'm supporting the Director of National Intelligence on an as-need basis.
0: How secure should the public, individuals, feel about banking or shopping online?
1: E-commerce fraud is up significantly, I think over 70% is the recent statistic that I saw. I think that it's important to have better credentialing and authentication of customers online in order to ensure their security with banking and e-commerce broadly.
0: Do you bank or shop online?
1: Occasionally, I shop online and I do not do banking online.
0: Is that because you don't trust the
1: current environment? I believe that the bank will certainly cover all liability if your accounts were uh, taken, but I just don't have the comfort level of e-commerce yet based on the current technology.
0: Is that always your feeling, or is it something that you've discovered recently?
1: No, it's actually always been my feeling.
0: So someone like me should think twice about my online banking
1: Certainly, your bank will cover you if there's a problem, but I think that as you're going to perhaps an unknown vendor out in cyberspace and you're going to give them your credit card, you should think twice about that.
0: But you say you do that occasionally?
1: I, I, occasionally.
0: Well, I thank you, Melissa, for spending time with me today. Thanks, Eric. I've been speaking with Melissa Hathaway, the former White House senior advisor who conducted for President Obama a review of the government's and nation's cybersecurity readiness. For GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.